Well, everything's better with the Holy Ghost in it. <laughs> oh, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Psalm chapter 17, verse number 15. David said, as for me, everybody say that with me, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Not in, but with transformation. I want to talk to you for a little while tonight from one word, satisfied, amen, satisfied, somebody say it with me, satisfied, praise God, turn to your neighbor and look at him and say it again, satisfied, don't ask him, just tell him, satisfied, as for me. Everybody say, as for me. Amen. If you help me preach, I'll get done in about 15 or 20 minutes. If you don't, it may be an hour. So you make the choice. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Brother Roy, it's good to have you here with us. We just... He's a part of our family, and I, I forget I should have him say something tonight. We love Roy, and I know that Callie Grace has enjoyed having her, Paul uh, Paul, with her for a few days. Amen. I love a song that speaks to me. There's a lot of music in our world, and there's a lot of songs that have been written that are just drivel. They get on your nerves. They drive you to distraction. And usually those are the ones that get in your mind and you can't get them out. And you don't even know why you're singing. I remember, I shouldn't tell this, I don't guess. Y'all can delete this from the tape. I remember one night we had a church bowling party. We had taken a whole group of couples and gone to the bowling place. And, and I hadn't been paying to the, uh, attention to the music. But um, in the background, I think it was a group called ACDC that was playing. I didn't know that rock and bowl, what that meant. And they were getting ready to have an all-night rock and bowl party. And we were there before all that took place. But they were playing ACDC in the background and I think it was called Running with the Devil. And after a little while, one of the men leaned over to me. He said, do you, do you know what they're playing right now? And that phrase got in my mind, and for a week, I couldn't get it out. I was praying, God, please don't let me be running with the devil. 
But I love a song that speaks to me. I, I love when we were worshiping a while ago and we were talking about the Lord, those songs that reach down inside of you and they get hold of you and they speak to you, they minister to you. I love a song that can speak to my heart. And this 17th chapter of Psalms has been one of those that has been speaking to me for quite some time. I not only love a song that speaks to me, but I love the language of a man who knows where he's going. I, I don't want to be like the old drunk that staggered out of a bar one night and wanted to get a ride home, so he stumbled into a phone booth and he dialed the operator and said, I need a taxi cab. And the lady said, well, we'll be happy to accommodate you if you'll just tell us where you're at. Staggered out of that phone booth and looked around for a signpost. And he said, oh, I know where I'm at. Stepped back in. He said, I'm at the corner of walk and don't walk. (laughs) As some people don't know where they're at. They don't know what they believe or what they stand for. And most people like that are the most unhappy people in the world. I don't want to follow a mealy-mouthed preacher. You don't know what that means. You go home and get your dictionary out. I, I don't want to follow somebody that talks out of both sides of their mouth. That's another one you need to study. I, I like to know where a man stands. And I love the language of a man who knows where he's going. And so it is in my text tonight. Here in my text is the language of a man who has made up his mind. After he has considered all that is to be considered, he does not wait for the resolution of others and he does not wait for them to make up their mind before he decides what he's going to do. He said, whatever you do, However you choose to respond to life as it is at this moment, I've already made up my mind how I'm going to be. And he decided for himself. He knew that he could not control the outside elements. He could not control the environment that he lived in. He could not change a lot of things about life. But one thing he knew he had control over, and that was what was going on on the inside of him. And when you read the 17th Psalm, and you really need to read the whole Psalm, because it is the song of a man who has been sorely tried. It's the song of a man who has been through his Waterloo, so to speak. Many historians believe that it was probably one of the songs that Jesus sang on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane, or perhaps even when he was there in the garden. Whatever the case might be, here is the man who has decided, I cannot control the environment that I live in. I cannot control what happens to me. I can't control what 
people are going to do to me. I can't control what they're going to say about me. I cannot control what is happening around me. But what I can control is what is on the inside of me. And he said, in essence, I don't know what anybody else is going to do. But as for me, would you say that with me? As for me, I've already made up my mind how I'm going to live. Here is the statement of confidence. It is the language of a man who is rising in life, not going under. He's going somewhere and he is going to arrive at a destination of purpose. He is not waiting on the world to make him happy. He is not waiting on a promotion to make him smile. He is not waiting for his wife or his husband, whatever, her husband, to, let me make sure I get it right. Let me say that again. His wife, her husband. Don't want anybody leaving here tonight saying Brother Hughes is preaching a new doctor. He wasn't waiting on them to do something to make them happy. He's not waiting on a better time to be happy. He is not waiting on better circumstance to come before he smiles or decides how he's going to live. He discovers that even in the midst of his trouble, that you can know happiness and you can know a deep down feeling of, of security and joy that nothing else can bring you. He said, I know what it is to be satisfied. Everybody say satisfied. Satisfied. Some of us need to make up our mind that we're going to be satisfied. Not because of what somebody else is doing, but because of something much deeper than that. We need to make up our mind like David, that it doesn't matter what other people do. I know what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter how other people live. I know how I'm going to live. And I'm not going to let somebody else being a jerk make me a jerk. Amen. I'm not going to let somebody else that doesn't know what is going on to determine how my life is going to be lived out. And so the psalmist draws a line between what others do and what he is going to do. And his future, he said, is going to be different than many others that are around me. And he decides what his future is going to be like. And he said, as for me, as for me. Everybody say it again. As for me, as for me, I shall be satisfied. Amen. He made his resolution in the midst of great danger. Whatever others may have done, he said, I am going to find things that make for a satisfied life. 
Circumstances will come and go. But I want something that will keep me no matter what happens in life. I want to be satisfied. Amen. I love that word, satisfied. Because it's what so few people are in our world and even in our church, satisfied. We're always looking at the grass on the other side of the fence. Then we get over and find out it's astroturf. It's not even grass. God blesses us with a home, and we start looking for a bigger one. He blesses us with a good job, at least a paying job. I've had jobs in my life that didn't pay. But I've got a paying job, and still people are unhappy. I've got money in the bank, or at least I've got a little bit. I'm not having the creditors run me down. I'm not having somebody call my number every day. I have been blessed, and yet far too many people are still miserably unhappy because they have left the keys of their happiness in somebody else's pocket. (laughs) Amen. But the psalmist said, I, I've learned something. I, I've, I've learned how to be satisfied. When I read that word, it started talking to my heart. It's what I want to be, satisfied. Unhappiness is the curse of the day in which we live. We live in a world that has more than any other world has ever had. We've got more at our disposal in a moment of time than previous generations had in a lifetime. Do you realize that at the stroke of a key, you have access into your life what years past people had to live a lifetime to experience or see or hear, but it's yours in an instant of time. Nobody had to, uh, to cook your lunch today. Many of you went somewhere else for somebody else to do that. And then some of us still complained because it wasn't cooked right. God have mercy. How in the world did I get off on this subject? Satisfied. Amen. Satisfied. Everybody say that word with me again satisfied. If you're worried about me not knowing where I'm going, don't worry. I know where I'm going. Satisfied. We live in a world that has more but enjoys it less. Companies make their fortunes based on human unhappiness. I was reading recently of the way that advertisers have been able to tap into that unhappiness quotient in our world. And how all of the movies and all of the TV programs are filled with these certain advertisements to create in you a dissatisfaction with what you've got and so that you will long for something you don't yet have and they make millions upon millions of dollars 
every day based on man's insatiable desire for more. Nothing seems to make people happy anymore. They're like the lady or the guy that went, they get married, and after they get married, they're like the person that went to the restaurant and they ordered something for their meal, and when they got it, they saw something at another table and they wish they had ordered that. Unhappy. When they've got everything that really they need to be happy, they just don't know where it's at. What is it like to be satisfied? What is it like to be content? To be contented? What is it like to be fulfilled, pleased, happy? The word in the, in the Hebrew means satiated or quenched. What does it take to make you happy? Is your happiness based on what somebody does or doesn't do? What does it take to satisfy you and sufficiently fill you in every part so that when you look around in life, you say, I'm blessed. God has been good to me. Amen. God has been good to me. God has been better to me than I deserve. And I am thankful for that tonight. In this psalm, David's afflictions are neither few nor are they small. There was much to make life unhappy for him. If you read the story, you will find that most likely it was written at the time when Saul was pursuing him every day, every day. One foe in particular stood out and he referenced him as a lion for the ferocity and the boldness of his attack. Not only was there a Saul that was after him, but he was wounded by malicious slanderers and even some of his own friends had turned against him. His life was in jeopardy by deadly enemies that compassed him. And his present condition is embittered to him by the pressing knowledge that he is living in the wilderness and they're living in the palace. Amen. And so he pleads for the Lord to help him. He pleads for the Lord to hear him. He pleads for the Lord to hide him. That he would ultimately find himself securely lodged in the hands of Almighty God. And under the weight and combination of so many sore evils, David carries himself as one that is neither hopeless nor forsaken. He said, I'm satisfied in spite of everything that's wrong, in spite of everybody that hates me, in spite of those that pursue me. He said, I am a happy And contented man. I am satisfied. My soul is full tonight. I may have an empty stomach. But my soul is full. I am satisfied. I would rather have an empty stomach. And be satisfied. Than to sit down at a meal of the finest steak. 
that can be prepared and be unhappy when I get up and go home. I want to know what it is to be contented and to be happy. There are those who believe that David spoke of a future time. But I don't believe that. I I don't believe that David was speaking of some future event. But I believe that David was referencing life right now. He may have been looking forward to a day that would be better. But he was more interested in how he could get through what he was going through right now. And it was more than a man just looking forward to a better day tomorrow. And he was not looking for a day that would be less trouble. But he said, God, I need to know something now that will help me be happy. I need something now that will help me be satisfied, that will fill my soul and leave no empty part. I want to know what it is to be satisfied. And he found the secret. Amen. He found the secret. He found the secret to happiness. He found the secret to contentment. He found the secret to a fulfilled life. He said, I shall be satisfied. So the question tonight comes, and that question is this. What really satisfies? Go back with me to that verse again, and let's read it one more time. David said, as for me. I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. I believe that satisfaction first and foremost comes to a person who keeps their eyes upon the right person. And that's the Lord himself. As long as you and I are looking around at others and we're trying to derive our happiness from somebody else, there'll never be anybody good enough or strong enough or rich enough or smart enough to make us all happy. But if somehow we can lift our eyes and look to the one pure and holy one, The one who is incomparable. The one who has never failed. And get our eyes locked on him. We'll learn what it is to be satisfied. We'll learn what it is to be happy. Because we see him. And that's all we really need to see. He was satisfied when he saw the Lord. I believe that the reason for a lot of unhappy people tonight is because they're looking at all the wrong people to make them happy. Amen. We're putting burdens on people that they can't even carry. Amen. Somebody said, well, my spouse is supposed to be my all in all. Wrong. Dead wrong. Double dead wrong. Your spouse can never be your all in all. There's only one that can be your all in all. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. 
You can look to man, but you don't lean on man. And I don't derive my happiness out of the relationships that I have in life. My happiness first comes because of the relationship that I have with him. And when I see him, it makes me love you a whole lot better. And when I see him, it makes me smile amid my tears and rejoice amid my heartache and lift my hand even when everything is against me and say, God, I bless your name because everybody else has departed. But you remain my faithful friend and you are my constant companion. You see, satisfaction comes when you keep your eyes on the right one. We need to get our eyes off of other people and get our eyes on him. Amen. That's the only way you're ever going to really be satisfied because there's no man that can meet all of your needs and there's no woman that can meet all of your needs and there's no job that can meet all of your needs. Come on, get over it. Good Lord, have mercy. I know, especially you young people, you don't like something about a job, you just quit. You know what? There's a lot of stuff you're not going to like about it. I think mostly you don't like working, but the problem is there are problems on every job. And if you're waiting to find happiness in a job, you ain't ever going to find a job good enough to make you happy. But if you can get your eyes on him, you can work in any kind of situation. You can work with the worst kind of people. You can work with the worst kind of bosses. You can work for the worst kind of companies. If you get your eyes on him and you keep your eyes on him, he's the one really that keeps you anyway. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Somebody's with me tonight. Amen. Somebody say, I have decided what can make me happy. Nothing is more satisfying than seeing God. Amen. When you see him, it helps you see other people better. When you see him, it makes you appreciate others better. Amen. When I behold thy face in righteousness... When I awake in thy likeness, what upheld David was not the face of a friend, but the face of God. Amen. That's what kept him going. If God be for me, who can be against me? Come on, somebody. Look at me and tell me one more time. I shall be satisfied. I shall be satisfied when I get my eyes off of you and you and you and get my eyes on him and him alone and when I get my eyes on him and I begin to see life through him it makes everything so much better satisfaction comes not only when we get our eyes on him but satisfaction comes from an awakened heart and mind. He said, I shall be satisfied when I awake. Amazing as it may sound, there's a lot of people that are sleepwalking through life. We just need to wake up. Wake up and smell the coffee. 
wake up and realize life isn't as bad as we think it is. Jesus said to his disciples, there's going to come a day when you're going to long for one day to be restored to you of what you're experiencing right now. Now think about that. You're going to long to go back to a Sunday night service in the, in the beginning of summer when your mind is at Six Flags and your body is at the beach and, and your thoughts are in another world and the preacher's up there hammering away, satisfied. You need to learn how to be satisfied. You're going to long to be able to come back to the deadest, dullest, boringest service you can get to. One day, Jesus said, you're going to wish you could just go back and sit on that pew and one more time lift your head and say, God, you've been good to me. God, you've blessed me. God, you've kept me. God, you've protected me. I want my heart to be awakened to what God is doing and what he has done in my life. You've got to wake up to happiness. You've got to wake up to happiness. We have minds and hearts that are dull and cold because we go to sleep. Sleep through the Rocky Mountains. Amen. Sleep through the best things in life. Wake up, somebody, and be happy. Amen. Wake up and be happy. Wake up and realize, look at where I'm at. Think about where you could have been. Think about where you should have been. And look where I am tonight. Oh, Look, I've got my family with me. I've got my friends around me tonight. I could have lost my mind a long time ago. I, I could have gone too far, but God kept his hand on me. I didn't lose my mind in that situation. I didn't go do something crazy, but somehow God kept his hand on me. And here I am tonight. Help me to wake up and realize how blessed I am and how good you've been to me and how you have kept your hand upon me. Amen. Praise God. Some of you kids, you gripe about your parents, and they're good parents. I'm picking on kids tonight. You ain't ever had to come home to a beating. Some of you might have. I don't think you have, but I don't know if any of you really had to. You might have come home to a whipping, but you didn't come home to a beating. There's a difference. You haven't been abused. You haven't been mistreated. And yet we get so unhappy with what God has given us. When if we just wake up, look around, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. I, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I, I didn't have to. I didn't have to go do a lot of things that other people have had to do to get up and get to church today. I've got a car, I've got a truck, I've got wheels that roll. I had gas in the car and I'm, I'm here tonight. Thank God for the blessings. Help me to wake up, God, and realize how good you've been to me. Amen. There's a lot of unhappiness in our world. 
And I'm afraid sometimes it bleeds over in the church. And we need to wake up and realize what really brings happiness and satisfaction is not what happens to us, but what happens in us. Amen. He said, I have made up my mind. As for me, say it with me, as for me, I shall be satisfied. And the only way you're going to be satisfied is to get your eyes on him and wake up and realize what God has already done. True satisfaction comes from doing right, no matter what anybody else does. When you go back and read the psalm, you will find that others were doing some crazy things to David, but David determined, I don't care what anybody else does to me or what anybody else says about me, I'm going to do right. I'm going to do the right thing. If you'll just do the right thing, you'll get the right result. Amen. Satisfaction comes from doing the will of God, and that's the right thing. No matter what anybody else does, and no matter what anybody else says. You know what I've discovered about life? There are a lot of people that will help you justify what you want to do. Co-workers, friends, people in life, because they don't really have a stake in your life. They're just a mouth that's speaking into your life. And so they'll, they'll chime in and tell you how bad it is and he's not treating you right or she's not appreciating you and next thing you know you're looking at them with this jaundiced look like you deserve better than this when the reality is if you would just do the right thing and continue to do the right thing, the blessings of God would flow into your life. And before you realize it, all of those things that were to make you unhappy, they'll all be gone away. They'll all be dissolved. Saul's going to die one of these days. He's not going to pursue you always, David. But who you are is going to stay with you all of your life. And so David said, I have decided what I want to be. I want to be a satisfied man. So I'm going to do right. Everybody say do right. And I'm going to close. Satisfaction comes from going all the way. It comes from enduring the moment, as unpleasant as it might be, as unhappy as life might be, finding a ray of sunshine amid all of the misery. Because this day is going to pass. Amen. This night is going to pass. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. Three days beyond the darkness of the tomb lay the satisfaction of a resurrection. It would have never been known if he had given up. But he didn't give up. He kept going. I can live through the dark if I know light is coming. And I'm here to tell you light's coming. Amen. The sun is going to come up in the morning. So how can I be satisfied? I'll be satisfied when I get my eyes off of people and things and get my eyes on Him. I'll be satisfied when I wake up and realize what I have. I'll be satisfied when I do the right thing and I'll be satisfied when I stay with it 
and I see it through to the end. Are you tired of being unhappy? Are you tired of being dissatisfied? Let me tell you what will change all of that tonight. Get your eyes off of people and get it on the Lord. Do the right thing no matter what anybody else does. Live the right life no matter how anybody else lives. Amen. Wake up. Smell the coffee. Praise God. Time is passing and life is slipping away. And there's going to come a day when you're going to long. Oh, I can just go back and sit in a Sunday night service and have that chance one more time. Brother Joey, play that song one more time. Play, play, play that one, one, one chorus one more time. I felt something. I didn't give in to it, but I felt something. I want to give in to it tonight. Wake up. Amen. Look at yourself and look at your life and look at your family and look at where you're at and realize that you're in a better place than you've been before. But this isn't the best. You're on your way somewhere. Amen. Let's stand together. When I realize that God is with me even in my darkest situation, I learn what it is to be happy. Awakening to the present realities and the enjoyment of His presence is a happy place to be. When I lose that sense of unfairness, when I lose that feeling of dissatisfaction that embitters life and realize that I'm blessed no matter what anybody else says. Amen. I'm blessed. I'm not blessed because you said it. I'm blessed because he said it. I'm not blessed because you approve of me. I'm blessed because he has accepted me. Amen. I'm accepted. I don't have to fit in your club. I don't have to measure up to your certain whatever. He accepted me. That's what makes me happy. Praise God. I'm satisfied tonight. Some of you need to put a smile on your face. You need to look around. You know what? Life's been pretty good to most of us. Yeah, it's been really good. When I think about a Shy, backwards boy from a little old town up in North Texas. Didn't have a chance at life, but God opened doors and made a way, and here we are. Thank God for His goodness. Thank God for His blessings. Got a great wife, great kids. Amen. They're not perfect. No more than yours are, but they're still good. I'm glad I've got a home to come home to. Man, it's not broken up like a lot of folks in life. I'm not saying that to make you uncomfortable. I'm just saying that if you'll open your eyes and look around, there's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot to be satisfied with. It's not perfect. It's not ideal. But my hope isn't in things anyway. 
My job's not going to save me. Yours isn't going to save you. The government sure isn't going to save you. Amen. The only Savior that you're going to find that's going to be able to do anything about your situation is the Lord Himself. That's why you better keep your eyes on Him. Forget about what people are doing. Even when they mistreat you. Even when they talk about you. You know what? At least they have something to talk about. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Praise God. I don't even know if you can handle what I preached to you tonight, but I hope you can. But as for me, amen. Say it with me. But as for me, I shall be satisfied. Amen. Say it again. But as for me, I shall be satisfied. Praise God. Wake up. Wake up. Praise God. If you're near somebody that you love, take them by the hand. If you're near somebody you don't know about, take them by the hand anyway. God, you've been good to us. You have blessed us, Lord, far more than we deserve. When I look around, God, at your hand upon my life, I am humbled. God, I look and I see the hand of God at every turn. When I could have shipwrecked, when I could have fallen by the wayside, Your hand kept me. And here I am tonight. God, if there's any heart tonight that's in this place that's unhappy or they're miserable or they're discontented, God, would you somehow speak to them? Would you somehow touch them tonight, God, and cause them to realize where real happiness comes from? Cause them to realize where true satisfaction comes from. It comes from you, Lord. It comes from you. I want my eyes on you, God. Not on the failures or the shortcomings of others. Not on whether people treat me nice or they do what I want them to do. But let me keep my eyes on you, Lord. Let me keep my eyes on you. Let me be awakened, God, to your goodness and mercy to my life. Let me be awakened, God, tonight to the how, how true you have been a friend to me. Oh, yes, God, let me be awakened tonight. More of you, Lord, that's what I need, more of you.